We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. You know, I really thank God for the 50 years that he's given me on the earth. Uh, I've been more excited this past week than I've ever been in my life. I think turning 50 was just great. And the celebration that was given by my wife and our church uh, was just, I mean, it was just phenomenal. We had a wonderful time in our service on Saturday night where we just kind of had a, a, a I want to say musical, but an unplugged kind of session where our band played. We had special guests come perform and sing. And man, I had a lot of family that came to support me and support, you know, the, 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 the 50 years that I've been here and those that knew me when I was a baby and all those things, they were here. Uh, and it was just, it was just wonderful. And then Sunday we had our picnic, a church picnic where we shut our church down and we just go out and enjoy each other and fellowship outside, you know, and eat barbecue and all those things. So, I mean, this has just been a weekend to remember. Uh, I can't remember when I've had so much fun. This has just been a tough year for me. Um, you know, it, I've gone uh, more weeks this year without preaching than I ever have in my life. I think I, you know, missed six weeks of speaking even at the church because I was dealing with an illness and, you know, and sometimes God just kind of sits you down anyway so you can deal with yourself. And, you know, that's the way I take things. But I just thank God it, to, to make 50 years meant a lot to me. And I just appreciate all the love that everyone has given uh, because of uh, you know, for that, for that reason, I just appreciate you all. And, uh, it's just been a wonderful journey, been, you know, uh, just a crazy miraculous journey. Uh, just literally never thought I would be the one that would see the whole world and be on all the different continents and travel and speak a message that God gave me, how he opened doors for that to happen. You know, even without the age of social media and all those things, it was just, it's just miraculous to think back on. So I'm a little overwhelmed, but I'm going to preach this word that I have for you today. <laughs> but it's just been an overwhelming journey. And I just appreciate all of your love. And, um, you know, and one thing I really thank God for, and that is that, you know, I dealt with my attraction to the world and my attraction to trying to be famous and, you know, trying to uh, get my music uh, out there and just all those things. I just thank God that that desire has never been an issue for me. You know, even though I've been pushed by others to do it, it just never was something that I wanted to do. I've always just kind of wanted to do what God wanted me to do. And I've always wanted to be who he wants me to be. And his will has always been most important to me. Not to say I'm perfect. You know, I made a lot of mistakes and done things that I wish I hadn't done. And, you know, you just those things are going to happen because we're human beings. But at the same time, my, you know, my goal in life, it was never to show myself. It was always to, you know, uh, forsake the world and do what God wants. Uh, my, you know, it's always been the kingdom. The kingdom of God is just something I've always prayed for, something I've always wanted and something I've always desired. And that's what I want to talk about today. You know, just forsaking the world for the kingdom of God is, is just very important. And, you know, people look at me and some of the decisions that I've had to make and they question it and different things. Uh, you know, I've been separated from a lot of people, um, just had to separate from them because their desire wasn't the same as my desire. And, you know, that's that comes with it whenever we are seeking God's way. 
you're going to be separated from some people. And I, I want to start with that. I want to talk about that. Uh, the story of Abraham and, and uh, Lot is is probably the best example how God took Abraham away from his entire family and his whole land, the land that he was in. I mean, so that he could pursue what God wanted him to uh, pursue. But even before that, uh, we hear the story of Abraham back when his name was Abram uh, and he was dwelling in the land of Canaan with Lot. And, um, you know, Lot in this particular passage represents the world or worldliness or carnality, because that's what Lot was about. Uh, the Bible says that Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom, which was fame and fortune and, you know, to be known, to have a position. He was the governor of the city sitting at the gate of Sodom. And that's what he desired. And uh, Abraham, you know, uh, pitched his tent toward God, which was to represent that he wanted what God wanted for him. And so we go to this account in Genesis 13 and 11. And it says, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. So here's the separation right here between Abraham and Lot. And they had to separate because of what they wanted. Uh, each one wanted. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. So this represents uh, Lot wanting, you know, the position in Sodom, which was a wicked place. And Abram uh, actually in the promised land, which was Canaan. But the men of Sodom were wicked and the sinners and well, let me say that again. Uh, Genesis 13 and 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So these folks weren't just bad. They were bad plus. And Genesis 13 and 14 says, and the Lord said unto Abram after that lot was separated from him. Okay, so here's the this is the most important part of this. He said, lift up thine own eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward and westward. For all the land that thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Now, this is very important, and it's very pivotal for the entire Bible. Now, this is the Bible, the entire lineage of Jesus Christ being shown to a man. But you got to remember a couple of things. In 13 and 14, it says, after Lot was separated from him. So, the promise of this, the promise of his son, the promise of his seed, the promise of the savior. All of this came after he separated himself from Lot, which represents the world. So, you know, this just speaks so much to many of our situations. There are people in our lives. There are people in our ears. There are people around us that are keeping us from seeing the promise of God. And we don't have the wherewithal to separate from them. And, you know, issues can do that. Deficits can do that because people, you know, uh, talk, you know, talk to me all the time or talk about me all the time and say, man, you know, you just cut fo some folks off. You just cut them off and you don't, you know, uh, uh, bring them back in your life, whatever, you know. And I, and I say, you know what? I forgive people. But certain people, if they if, if they want the world, I can't have them around me if if I'm pitching my tent toward God and I'm trying to do what God wants. You know, I understand 
who I am and I understand what I have to do. And some people can't be a part of that. I can love them from a distance. I can talk to them when I see them or whatever. But that doesn't mean I have to always have people around. But some people have certain deficits in their lives, whether it be fatherlessness, growing up without you know, a father or some kind of abandonment issue that causes them to not understand separation. You know, and this is what fathers are for. When fathers are in the home, they teach their uh, children, especially their son, that there comes a time when you have to separate. You know, you remember many of you remember when you went from elementary school to intermediate school, you had to separate from everyone and make all new friends. That was training ground as you got older, you know, um, you know, as you got older, you un- begin to understand that everyone can't be in your life forever. And there are certain people with certain goals that will interfere or contradict what it is that God wants for you. So you have to be able to recognize lot in your life. You got to be able to recognize that person who who wants the world and is desiring the world because they'll cause problems for you if your desire is to do what God wants. And this this passage also says in 13 and 14, after lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place thou art. Now, look from the place thou art. He was Abraham had to be in the right place to do this. And this is telling us that the place you're at is where I want you. He didn't tell this to Lot and he wouldn't have told it to Abram if he was with Lot in Sodom. But the thing is, Abraham made the right choice to be where he needed to be in order to see this promise. God said, look from the place you are, meaning you're in the right place or you're rightly aligned with this and you're able to look northward, southward, eastward and westward and see all that I'm going to give to you. And this is very important because if he had followed Lot, he'd be in the wrong place. And Lot was, the Bible tells us, in the wrong place because the place he was at was totally destroyed. And the only reason Lot (laughs) even made it out was because Abraham prayed for him or Abraham talked to God about it. But uh, we understand that, you know, you can't desire the world and, 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 you know, follow after the world and reap the things of God. This is just I mean, this is so elementary. This is like the first step in even coming into the kingdom. You have to forsake the world. You have to forsake the worldliness of the world and lot represented the world and we know the world represents sin when the bible speaks of the world it's representing sin because the world is sin or full of sin sin was born into the world romans 12 and 2 says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of god so because you are conformed to the world you can't prove what is good you can't prove what is acceptable so those that god are going to use they those that God are going to use, they have to be uh, transformed from the world's mindset, transformed with a renewed mind so that they don't think like the world. How does the world think? Well, we know how the world thinks. This is a selfish thinking, this thinking for yourself, wanting what you want, wanting people to see what you have, wanting to, you know, like the devil did in Isaiah 14, wanting to mount the congregation congregation be lifted up be lifted up high people know who you are people think you have something and i'm not talking about being famous i'm talking about at the family reunion (laughs) you know you you just talking about what you've accomplished and talking about what you have and talking about who you are and none of that stuff matters that's a worldly mindset Uh, the bible says that you have to have a renewed mind to 
to prove what is good and acceptable. You get on that path of trying to prove yourself to people and look good in the eyes of people, then you're going to compromise and you're going to sin. First John two and 15 says, love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. So you really have to make a choice. It's, it's not like you can do both of them. If you love the world, the love of the father is not in you because all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. And none of that is in the father. That is of the world. So you know, this is what's telling who you really serve. You can't have the kingdom of God and the world at the same time because the kingdom came uh, came inside of the world so that God's power could exist in the world. That's what the kingdom represents. So the kingdom is in the world, but not of the world. And we are to be in the world, but not of the world by the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. What did he teach? He taught the kingdom. He was trying to let people know, hey, the kingdom has come unto you, meaning God's rules, regulations, the way God does things can be a part of your life here in the world until Jesus comes and takes us out of here and destroys this world. So until then, we need the kingdom of God and we reside in the kingdom of God in the world. Uh, Luke nine and two says uh, that, that, that he sent them to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. This is talking about the disciples. He told them to go preach the kingdom, meaning go preach that people can have hope. People can change. People can live a certain way, live according to God's rules and regulations in this world. That is the kingdom of God. And he said, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. That was the first message Jesus preached. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, meaning change, turn in uh, because the kingdom has come unto you. And uh, now let me define the kingdom because, you know, the prosperity preachers and TBN and all of these folks, you know, they, some of them just I mean, they exhausted the idea of the kingdom. They made it a seven mountain mandate. And, you know, we're going to take Hollywood and we're going to take the crack house for Jesus and we're going to show God is going to win. He's going to win. And I don't know why we we try to put our little feeble mindset on what God is doing. God is not concerned about winning uh, the, 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 the plight for Hollywood and concerned about winning the race for the movie stars and all that. That's not what God is going to do. God is allowing all of that stuff to go on until he comes and destroys everything. Okay. So he's going to, he's not going to show his power by saving Hollywood for, for, for Jesus and taking a mountain of music and taking entertainment. And I, he, he don't have to show his power like that. He's going to show his power by taking this earth, clapping his hands and turning it into dust. That's what he's going to do. So we're not even worried about that seven mountain foolishness. All anybody teaching that is selfish and sin, and that, the Bible says that's even a sensual desire. It's just whack. So we're not even talking about that. But if we're going to define kingdom, we need to understand that kingdom has nothing to do with prosperity or material things. It's 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 not about money and it's not about living 
you know, rich and being uh, famous and or being rich and, you know, uh, debt free, all our bills paid. That's not the kingdom. The, the kingdom is not material things. It's the right alignment with the plan of God that gives us contentment and joy in the spirit. That's the kingdom of God. Right alignment, righteousness, being in our rightful place. When you live in your rightful place with your rightful call and your rightful creation role, that's God's plan for for you that will give you contentment it should give you contentment and joy in his spirit that's how you get joy how can you have joy if you're not content contentment brings joy so joy in the holy ghost or in his spirit comes from contentment but how do you get the contentment by being rightly aligned meaning knowing your purpose and fulfilling your purpose, doing what God created you to do. Romans 14 and 17 explains what the kingdom is. It says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. It's nothing material. It's not about prosperity. It's not about what you have to show off. That's what meat and drink represents. It's not about, you know, uh, anything in the natural, but it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, according to the word. So he explains what the kingdom is. So all this old deep, this deep exhortation and exegesis and all this stuff, you know, I remember Miles Monroe did like a, you know, a hundred part series on the kingdom and they were calling him the kingdom expert and all that. And then at the end of the day, all it was, was money. He wanted money. He wanted more money and he considered getting money, the kingdom. And we know that is not true. That's false. The kingdom is explained in one little passage right here in Romans 14 and 17. And it states, and I'm going to read it again. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And some folks say that's all there is. That's all there needs to be. What are you talking about? Righteousness is right alignment. Having peace is the most important thing. All these folks with depression issues, anxiety issues, all of these uh, this mental anguish, emotional issues manifesting as physical issues and all of these physical issues in folks' bodies and minds and all of these different things. That's the lack of peace. That's the opposite of peace. But the kingdom can bring you peace if you're rightly aligned. And then the joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on. You talking about that's all there is. That joy right there preserves you when you are joyous. You are content. That means that what you have, you appreciate God for what you have. You thank God for you're not on a quest to get more, to have more and show it off. No, you're content with what you have. You're thankful for what you have. That's joy in the Holy Ghost. Folks can't even understand what I'm talking about in this millennial generation. They are so used to trying to get stuff. Many have replaced God's kingdom with the kingdom of the world, which is materialistic and carnal. So we understand James 13 and 14 says, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual and devilish. So this is telling you right here that that whole material prosperity thing is sensual devilish and earthly and that wisdom descendeth not from above that is not from god that is not god's kingdom that's what james is saying that's the kingdom of this world which is materialistic and carnal and people are discontent because they want worldly things and they don't understand that they are missing the kingdom for the world you can't miss the kingdom for the world you can't it's not 
worth it. I'm telling you, once you get the things you get, you know, I had a, a, a man tell me a long time ago, a wise man tell me what, you know, what does a man that have everything? What does a man that has everything want more? And the more you have, the more you're going to want. And that's the thing about materialistic things. That's why that is not the kingdom of God at all. Now, I'm not saying everybody should be poor and not have things. I mean, you work and get things from your job. But I'm saying the contentment that you have with what you have can come from the kingdom. First Corinthians six and nine says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So what is this telling us? This is telling us that those that practice sin, those that aren't rightly aligned, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. He said, be not deceived, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, the homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves, covetous, drunkards, revelers, those that just partying all the time, nor extortioners and, and extortioners. You know, this sounds like a movie word, you know, whoo, extortion. Boy, just, no, it's easy to be an extortioner. That means that you're holding something against somebody to get something from them or you're holding someone to a state of or you're trying to punish someone to get something for them. And this happens all the time, especially in situations where you won't forgive someone, someone may have hurt you, done you wrong, whatever, and then they ask for forgiveness. You won't forgive them and you're trying to make them feel bad or trying to punish them for what they did. That's extortion. You know, you and that's very common in this day, especially when it comes to baby mamas and baby daddies and all of this, you know, punishing a man with his kids and using the kids as a weapon and using his kids against them and all this. You are I mean, you are really hurting the child and yourself uh, because that's extortion. And the Bible says none of these things are going to inherit the kingdom of God. You wonder why you're always depressed, why you got to take antidepressants, why you got to take another pill because of the antidepressant. Why are you on all these drugs? Why you're not in your right mind? Why you're so discontent? Why you're so unhappy? That's because you have missed the kingdom because of, you know, being effeminate, being an adulterer, being an abuser, being a, you know, covetous drunk or a reveler or an extortioner. You're doing things that's keeping you from the kingdom. First uh, Corinthians 6 and 11 says, but such were some of you, but you are washed and you are sanctified and ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And I had to leave that you know, a lot of people clip that right out that that particular scripture. But that's important uh, to what what I read about not inheriting the kingdom, because we have to understand what it means to be brought under the power of something brought under the power means you've made a decision to do things that you should not have and uh, you shouldn't have done. And thus those things now control your decision making instead of God's spirit leading you. So some people can't be led by the spirit because they are led by the decisions that they've made. They've made decisions that got them in situations that make hearing what God says seem like, you know, it seems impossible for me to do what God wants me to do because I'm already on this path of selfishness and doing what I want to do. That's being brought under the power of something, meaning that it controls you to the point to where it's leading you instead of the spirit of God leading you. And this could be anger. This could be envy. You can be mad enough at someone that you go on a whole different course course with your life uh, because of what someone did to you or because of how you feel about someone your whole life uh, has changed because of your feelings toward that person and you can't 
inherit the kingdom. You miss the kingdom of God because of your anger and your regret and your, you know, the pain that you feel. And that person may have inherited the kingdom of God. And that makes you even more jealous. You want to punish them. So we got to be very careful about our emotions and how we're feeling. So we don't be brought under the power of these things, especially when it comes to lust and fornication and adultery or being even effeminate, homosexual. You come under the power of those things, those decisions you make, they control you instead of being led by the spirit of God. You can't even hear the spirit uh, leading you because you've come under the power of those things. First John uh, two and 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. But then it says, and the world passes away and the lust thereof. So all of these things are temporary. The devil wants you focused on temporary things because his reign is temporary. And that's the important thing. You follow the devil. You are following a temporary satisfaction. It's only going to last a season. But the Bible says, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So God's plan will keep going. God's kingdom will keep going. Even when the world is destroyed, God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven will, will, will be our dwelling place forever. And so it will never, ever pass away. And so it's very important that we do things that uh, keep us lined up with God and keep the world out of what we're doing. Now, the, the most important part of this to get the kingdom, because people ask me all the time, well, how do I get the kingdom of God? Well, if you're going to get the kingdom of God, you have to be obedient. And that's the thing. You know, all this no rules, no religion junk that's being preached right now and folks trying to do away with religion. Religion, uh, man, those are the rules of uh, uh, or oracles that we should be obedient to. These are the things that God states for our obedience. Now, here's the important part. People that don't want to preach about sin and don't want to talk about sin and doing wrong or whatever. They just want to just, oh, well, we just talk about love and we'll just talk about just this. people like that. They aren't concerned about people being hurt and you can be hurt so bad until you want, you know, you, you, you don't want to see anyone else hurt. And so you think if you come up with some rules and regulations uh, uh, that will hurt people. And so you want to, you, you've seen people who may have gone through abuse or abandonment or something, and then they have children and they have no boundaries for their children. I, I, you know, Will Smith is a good example. Will and Jada, they're good examples of that. So they, you know, they just let their kids pretty much raise themselves. You can choose whether you want to be a boy or a girl. You can choose whether you want to, you know, whatever you want to do with no rules, no regulations. Y'all, we're just going to be friends with y'all. They took all the rules and regulations out and now their kids are crazy. And that's because everyone needs rules because the rules are going to guide us into our future. They're going to give us the parameters and the boundaries to set, you know, for our future so that we will know when we're in line and we're out of line. And that's what the rules and uh, regulations of God in religion. That's what that's there for. It's for obedience so we can obey them and stay the course. If God is going to bring us, listen, if it's going to be 
uh, joy in the Holy Ghost and it's going to be peace and righteousness in the kingdom. Right alignment means you got to do right. That means to be rightly aligned, you got to do the right thing. The wrong thing makes you wrongly aligned. So you got to do the right thing. What is the right thing? That's abiding by the commandments or the rules and regulations of Jesus Christ. And he said the greatest one is to love your neighbor as yourself. So that means that you in order to love your neighbor, you got to correct your neighbor. You got to tell your neighbor when they're wrong. You got to do right by your neighbor because you don't want to hurt them because hurting them gives them issues. So we have to abide by rules and regulations in order to see the kingdom. And the first, you know, uh, well, the way we do that is through obedience. Exodus 23 and 22 says, if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and adversary unto thy adversaries and mine angels shall go before thee and bring thee unto the Amorites the Hittites so this is telling us right here how God feels if you do what I say and obey my voice I'm gonna be with you and this is the kingdom that means that even in situations that aren't conducive to peace in situations that don't normally uh, look good you can be in the kingdom of God in that situation and God be with you he said no weapon formed against you will even prosper in that situation now you can't just quote that scripture and you ain't doing nothing God wants you to do no if you are obedient to him if you are rightly aligned that is a part of the kingdom righteousness rightly aligned essentially the kingdom is the spiritual and natural construct that keeps us in a good emotional and spiritual state if the kingdom is joy in the holy ghost then it keeps us joyous even in times that are not conducive of joy the kingdom of god is the way we can be content and joyous in a world that is against God's plan. We can implement God's plan in spite of opposition and tribulation from the world and from naysayers. So no matter what they're saying about you, no matter how people feel about you, you can have joy in the Holy Ghost in God's kingdom. That's why we must seek the kingdom of God to find the contentment we need to stay focused. Seek ye first, Matthew 6 and 33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things and, and uh, all these things shall be added unto you. So I'm going to close with this passage. It's an Old Testament scripture, but it's the same God. Deuteronomy 11:26. He said, behold, I set before you this day a choice. He said a blessing and a curse. This is still relevant to today. Every one of us, there is a choice right before us, a blessing and a curse. Now, understand the curse may bring us. It, uh, instant gratification and satisfaction but it's going to bring a curse in the end the blessing may seem far from us because we got to work for it we got to correct our wrongs we got to repent we have to do a lot of soul searching we have to do a lot of you know soul examination we got to grow in the grace and mercy we just have to learn the hard way or climb the rough side of the mountain whatever it is but it's set before us we can take the slow steady path that will lead to life or we can take the fast satisfactory instant gratification path that will lead to death which is the curse he says behold i set before you this day a blessing and a curse a blessing if you obey the commandments of the lord your god which i command you this day a curse if you will not obey the commandments of your god but turn aside out of the way which i command you 
and go after mammon, money, other gods, false gods, opportunity, compromise, all these things which you have not known. So the scripture is clear. You have a blessing and a curse. So either you're going to go for the world and, and, and please the world and please others and try to look a certain way and do all those things. Or you're going to go for the kingdom of God, which is not meat or drink, it's not materialistic, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. God bless you. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com. 